Welcome to Our Soul, a podcast by Kelly Fox and Terry Williams from the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. Welcome everyone back to Our Soul. We are here with Katrina Otenoga, Policy and Legal Strategies Director at Preterm. Preterm, a name that needs no introduction for those of us who are in religion and repro and anything oriented toward making the lives of Ohioans better in reproductive health. Uh, Preterm is a nonprofit clinic here in Ohio, the only nonprofit clinic in Ohio. Um, wonderful group of folk up in Cleveland. Katrina, it is so good to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. Um, it, it really is remarkable when we look at the geography of our state and how diverse um, these different regions are. It's really amazing to see the diversity of movement that comes into clinics around the state. And I know there's a great diversity when it comes to patients and patient-centered care um, of folk that you serve in in uh, preterm, not just people in northern Ohio, as it turns out. So um, just give us a, a little overview, if you will, of, uh, you know, what your clinic does, who your clinic serves, um, and maybe a little history about your clinic. Just let it tell us preterm, sure. preterm so 101, preterm right? Feel. I can do that. Yeah, so preterm is the largest abortion clinic in Ohio. And we're the only independent nonprofit abortion provider. Um, We're one of three clinics that go to 21 weeks and six days, which is the legal limit um, for abortion care in the state. And we serve around 5,000 patients a year, um, which is by far the most of any clinic in the state. Um, And we see a range of patients from very early in pregnancy to people who are coming to us later in pregnancy um, for a variety of issues, people from all over the state, people from neighboring states who have been able to get, who have been unable to get care um, in their own communities. And we really pride ourselves on being like a trusted community healthcare provider that's really rooted in the community that we serve, that understands the values of the community that we serve, Um, and that's able to bring um, comprehensive abortion care services and is looking at other ways to continue to serve our community in their reproductive health and sexual health care needs as we know that these programs across the board are often really being decimated and the same people who need access to abortion care need access to all kinds of sexual and reproductive health care and are being disenfranchised from those options. Yeah, it's it is amazing to me. I I got to go to a um, a preterm one hundred and one event uh, that you all held a, a digital training event, mm-hmm. and it that statistic that you you mentioned earlier that you do about five thousand um, abortion care visits a year. That is remarkable, given that the average in Ohio is right around twenty thousand plus mm-hmm. or minus twenty thousand. Um, encounters for abortion care. That means one in four visits for abortion care in the whole state of Ohio is performed through preterm. I did like some quick math and like if <clears throat> preterm is open or if they're if they're open every day of the year, that's like 14-ish people a day. Uh, that That is significant and um, I think like dang, that's that's a lot of work and to be the only independent and non-profit um, abortion clinic in the state and be doing all that work is just it's important <laughs> and necessary obviously. and 
And on top of all of that, Preterm is a clinic that was founded in deep partnership with religious faith communities. Can you can you share a little bit about that, Katrina, the, the origins of Preterm? Yeah, so I'll give you what I know, which is that um, Preterm started first as a hotline that we did with the clergy consultation services to get people care from trusted providers um, outside the state, mostly in New York. So abortion care became legal in New York way before it became legal in every other state, mostly um, because of Woodstock and other concerts where people were having unintended pregnancies and then needed abortion care afterward. Um, And so New York really stepped up to fill those voids in people's care. And so together with the clergy consultation service and then a group of activists um, who were deeply rooted in all kinds of religious traditions um, and social justice traditions in Northeast Ohio, they started a hotline and like a transportation service. So like the original practical care network. Um, And then after Roe was decided, they came together um, and used that kind of um, fundamental unity that they had and the values that they had to start a clinic. Preterm used to be one of many preterm clinics that were like around the world. There were all kinds of preterms. There were preterms in Australia, there were preterms in the UK, um, in the US, and we are the only remaining preterm. We're it. And there was like a whole um, series of books and research and um, training how to do abortions, how to do abortion counseling, that was like the preterm way that all of these different clinics under the preterm umbrella subscribe to. But yeah, we're the only preterm that's left. And it's it's just so amazing to me that, you know, the clergy consultation service is, is where we at Ohio RCRC draw our roots back to as well. Um, you know, as as an organization, we were chartered much later than the clergy consultation era. But the folk who were active in clergy consultation service were the people doing the work that eventually said, no, we really do need to have a separate Ohio organization that's that's implementing this. That's apart from the work of the clinics, because it's important work, but it is distinct work to be able to do advocacy as opposed to direct patient care. And now we're in a space where the whole conversation of a clergy consultation service on abortion, that is, you know, clergy who can help people access abortion care when it might not be legal in their state in the future, is becoming yet again new. You know, it's it's almost like here we are 50 years later, more than 50 years later, and we're kind of having the same response to the same kind of threats uh, to abortion care. Because we know right now that abortion care is under threat in Ohio. Um, we just had uh, an additional uh, law that was passed this last week that targets uh, other clinics in the state, particularly clinics in Southwest Ohio, because of what they're able to offer and what their arrangements are with uh, clinicians. But we know that all access, all care, all clinics in Ohio are under assault. Um, how how does it feel at preterm right now? What What is the mood? What is the the kind of game plan long term in the future. What what are you you feeling right now? So I think at the clinic, you know, people are holding a lot in that they're doing a huge amount of abortion care on a daily basis during a global pandemic, um, during 
um, increased racial tension, during um, increased onslaught of anti-abortion regulation. Um, they're holding all these things at the same time. And our staff has showed up every single day to keep doing abortion care through all of this. We've never closed, um, not even through the pandemic, even when the government tried to shut us down, we fought back and we stayed open. Um, so we've been really lucky in that we've never had to delay anyone's care, anyone's access to care at preterm. That has been um, also exhausting for the staff to hold um, while still doing you know, the wide breadth and depth of services that we offer you know, during a pandemic where people are frightened, they're sick, they're coming to us sicker than ever, not just because of the pandemic, but itself, but people are delaying other kinds of health care because of the pandemic, which exacerbates their um, overall health care, which makes it hard to go into um, pregnancy care. So they're holding all of that. And then at the same time, they're hearing both about an onslaught of legislation here in our own state and nationally um, that could severely impact their ability to do their jobs. Um, at preterm, everybody I know does the work because they care about people getting their abortions. That is like the thing that they hold with them um, in this really beautiful way that also can be um, can lead to a lot of burnout, I think, in frontline staff. And so, you know, that is their primary concern. Every time I talk to the staff about legislation, about litigation, about everything that's going on, on all these fronts, their primary concern always is like, but how are we going to get people abortions? And I think that, you know, they carry that with them so personally. Um, they carry that care with them, the quality of the care, the ability to get care with them so personally. Um, and I think it's just getting more and more personal and one thing I think a lot about is like what I can do as a staff member that doesn't do frontline care and how I can help our partners and our supporters and the people around us support the staff that holds that work um, because it is uniquely stressful it does bring on its own unique thing and you know um, the protesters have not relented they are out there more than ever um, they are unmasked, they are coughing on staff and patients, um, they are, you know, gathering lots of people outside our door all the time, and so it is heightened in a lot of different ways. Yeah, and I mean, this, this, like, just hearing you talk about this and, like, all of the kind of mounting obstacles that feel like they keep coming up especially for you know the the people working in the clinic um it uh I feel like I always end up bringing up like blogs that I've recently written um but my I've kind of been in this state of you know trying to hold both an optimism for the future um and uh like a <laughs> Uh, like a, like a realism like being realistic about what's going on in the present um and so uh the last week of november so that would have been a couple weeks ago 
um, we did our last book of our um, abolition read series and it was a book by uh, Angela Davis called Freedom is a Constant Struggle and uh, it's just been something that I've been reflecting on and I kind of hear in the responses that you say that keep the the staff going um, and she she was asked like you know what what keeps you going like how do you think we should be optimistic and like she says like I don't think we have any option but to be optimistic we have to be optimistic and uh uh, the the thing that keeps me going is community and like I don't think I would have been able to move on or continue on if it wasn't for you know movement community and the community of people and I think at least what I'm hearing from you about the staff is holding on to that that wanting to care for the community and uh, seeing community in the um, patients is is something that is kind of keeping them going. Even just hearing about you talking about how preterm has been able to, uh, you know, serve its patients even through the global pandemic, even through the protesters that are doing bad things. Um, uh, and all of that, like hearing that, you know, still people are getting the abortions that they need and still are being able to um, make choices over their, uh, you know, reproductive and sexual health care. Uh, that is, you know, a bright spot, at least, like, when when I'm hearing it, that brings me joy. It's yeah, not I, all hopeless. <laughs> no, I mean, we're still serving, you know, lots of patients every week who walk in the door, are heard and held and supported, mm -hmm. um, and able to get the abortion that they need, or, you know, make whatever choice is right for them in that moment with like care and compassion and extremely high quality health care uh holding them through every step of the way whether those steps are like legally mandated and don't actually serve any real medical purpose or the step helps them to like feel more um seen and heard about their decision to have an abortion our staff is wildly empathetic and holds so much space for so many people every day. Um, I don't know how they do it, but yeah, they do it every step along the way. Like from the second you walk in the door, space is being held from you by our like security officer who sits at the front door all along the way. They're holding every patient with such care. Uh -huh. And I, I think that space, the creation of that space, is such an essential part of the experience of a person needing care that doesn't get communicated beyond that actual experience of, of the patient, right? It is hard to communicate that to, certainly to, um, you know, antis and protesters outside, they're not interested in, in seeing that reality, right? They, they don't care about that reality. Um, but it's, it's hard also to communicate that to people who've never been there, who've never walked with people who have, have gone through that, that sacred space of decision, that, that phrase, the, the sacred space of decision uh, we use in our, our clinic blessing liturgy uh, that we, we bless several clinics throughout the state of Ohio. Um, Nobody is at preterm, you know, 
um, kind of cackling and rubbing their hands together and saying, ah, we've convinced another one to have an abortion. <laughs> right? I mean, it's so like antis, you know, antis on, on the, you know, corner outside of clinics often want people to think that that is what happens inside these clinics. And, you know, I have been privileged multiple times in my life as a pastor to be invited to go along as a support person uh, with people to a clinic experience. And I have never, ever, ever experienced a clinic in Ohio or any of the other states that I have, have gone into a clinic with a, a patient in. I have never experienced a clinic that pressured anybody to make a particular decision. Every time there was this deep care, this concern, this consideration. You know, you walk in, somebody is, uh, you know, feeling a little stressed or a little nervous or frustrated. You know, would you like to sit down? We have some water, we have some snacks. You know, do you need to talk to someone? We have some, you know, some counselors here who can talk through your options. Um, you know, all options referrals, that, that kind of open process that people who are external from that experience don't get to see. And if people aren't listening to the voices of patients, they never hear that story. Right. And for me, every interaction I've ever had with preterm has begun and continued through and ended with centering patients. You center patients at preterm like none other because that is the focus. Their stories, their voices, you know, preterm participates with patients to advocates and, you know, other storytelling processes to try to center those voices as much as possible because that's what matters, right? I mean, it is, I, I often wonder like, what would healthcare look like universally? if the values that we found at places like preterm could be found in every healthcare center across the state. What would that look like? Because it looks like joy at preterm. It really does. I think that's so important, Terry. And I also think like you can expand that out even further. Like what would it look like if people had the funding, the practical Mm -hmm. support, the like, um, you know, like all these other systems that we have had to put in place because of the way abortion care has been stigmatized and separated from the rest of the healthcare industry. Like, what if people had radical access to funding for their healthcare? Like, what would that look like? Not just for mm. abortion care, but like in all kinds of healthcare. Um, what if people were just like seen and believed when they said that they needed a gas card, a hotel room, um, someone to help watch their kids? or to like pay for childcare, um, some meals, and you know, a trusted person to sit with them while they're waiting for any healthcare appointment. Like I think of the radical changes we would see in healthcare as a country. And you know, I think a lot about people who say like, abortion should be a last resort decision. And I think that is an extremely un-nuanced way of viewing people's <laughs> access to care. Um, But I also think that if we had radical access to all kinds of support for all kinds of healthcare, people's um, ability to, you know, we talk about how being pro-choice or choosing to have an abortion, it's not like this 50-50 two-sided coin where it's like, I can choose to have an abortion or I can choose to bring my pregnancy to term. But like maybe 
if we actually like gave the rest of people's holistic care the kind of radical access that we are often trying to give to abortion care people would be able to make like more holistic decisions about their lives um Mm -hmm. and about the way their families look and about the timing of their families the timing of their lives um i think the whole healthcare industry has a lot to answer for about people's reproductive lives but it has been somehow divorced from that conversation yeah and i mean you just talking about the holistic and um talking about like how it's not just like a 50 50 choice i think a lot about like uh agency and uh the idea of agency and how people think about agency um, I was I was once told in a situation like you always have agency to decide like how how you want a situation to go. But like there for one, if if a person is not told you have a choice to like you can make a choice, there may be no like no idea of choice when something is like presented like, oh, uh, I think of like kids being um fed dinner and like not like you have to eat all of this and you like have no choice over that um but if they're told like you can choose this or you can choose this then like now they know they have a choice and and can maybe do something but even so like the concept of agency is also weighted by you know capitalism and racism and you know access to um you know anything like healthcare and access to food and things like that um where someone says you know you can either have an a, have a child or uh have an abortion like it it's not as simple as that it's you know all of these other factors and um it it's never so black and white and i think like i don't know i'm just thinking about how agency and this concept of choice um <clears throat> it needs to be thought of on a spectrum and needs to be thought of holistically in a person's whole life because, you know, the decision of whether or not to have a child or how they want to have a child or with whom or whatever uh, has so many other factors other than, like, do I want a child in my life or do I not? It's more than that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and you can have all the choices in the world, but if you don't have access to resources to make those choices Mm. accessible and real then like what is the choice amen and so there you know there could be you know somebody who wants to have an abortion but doesn't have the kind of support system to have an abortion and feels like they're lost because they don't know about like the kinds of people who are out there wanting to support them and i think so often like the legislature and uh like i don't know the the antis want people to believe that they're alone and that they don't have that support um but then i hear you talking about preterm and all these people are just like wanting to let this person know like when they come in you (laughs) you can choose whatever you want like you can choose to not have an abortion if you don't want to have an abortion or if you want one that's fine like you know letting people have agency over themselves um and trying to give them support in whatever way um yeah i just it's it's just really and, important. 
and there's a there's a real sense i know we're we're you know getting getting close to time but there's a real sense that um among opponents of abortion who you know just don't want abortion in any situation under any circumstance there's a sense that oh there there are plenty of options available but they are performative assistance options okay congratulations like you put something together in a bag and handed it out to this person who obviously needs a heck of a lot more support in their life on multiple levels than what's in this bag and you don't even know what they need because you didn't listen to them you know nothing about their story you know nothing about their decision making process you know nothing about who they are but sure just go ahead and start handing stuff out because it's not about the patient for those antis it's about the anti it's about the the person who's doing the handing out of the stuff right yeah so 70 percent of our patients are already parents before they even walk in the door Mm -hmm. and one thing that started happening at preterm like over the last two years which has been extremely weird and i've tried to get it like to stop and i can't but the um, the protesters set up like what is essentially the world's weirdest garage sale out front and they have like all these coats and like shoes and um, clothing and all this like stuff and it's free and it's used um, as though like access to this one winter coat for a child is going to like fulfill something and like it's very it's clearly weird in like a whole variety of ways including like a white savior complex and like passing off like this used and sometimes like really tattered old um stuff Mm -hmm. as though like that is somehow supporting someone's like parenting journey um and they set it up almost every day like this huge display outside preterm and i've never seen anything so performative in my life And so it got me thinking, and in response to it, we actually launched this community survey with like our patients and like the people who live in the community around preterm, like actually what kind of parenting support do you need? Mm -hmm. Um, What would like be real for you? And the number one thing we heard is people need access to diapers. And so um, that it is extremely difficult to get diapers. They're expensive. Um, cloth diapering is often inaccessible because people are using laundromats or like shared washer dryers and like rental units um, and cannot launder cloth diapers at home. Um, yeah, diapers was like the number one thing that we heard. And so over the past year, we've been like really diving deep and looking at what it means to like be an abortion clinic that offers people's diapers. And like, how often can we do that? How can we fund it? How can we make sure people are getting regular access to these things? Um, Because 70% of our patients are already parents. Parents have abortions. People who have abortions become parents. It's not two groups. It's like overlapping people who need real Mm -hmm. services. And if you ask people what they need, they'll tell you. And then you can really serve them. That is fantastic. And, you know, we can help fund by sending preterm checks, right? Because preterm is a 501c3 (laughs) nonprofit organization. The the preacher is passing the offering plate, right? (laughs) Like, we should pass the offering plate for preterm this season, whether it's your abortion fund or a direct donation to preterm. It's all tax deductible. It's all 501c3. Um, And 
I was just going to say, I think that that's a really good note to end on. Just, you know, thinking about how do we move forward in 2022 and the mess that it's going to be. Like, just asking people how you can support them and, like, in a genuine way showing up for people. Giving them agency in the way that you show up and then actually genuinely showing up for them. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine a better way to move forward through everything that we're facing than, like, really listening to people who need access to all kinds of care and then doing what they ask you to do that's it it's that simple yeah at least looking into it and doing your best i think that that's just great and what we what we need to be doing as we go into the next year um but thank you for for being on with us today katrina um thank you so much for having me yeah and uh, we, this is our last recording for this year. So uh, it's, you know, it's been, it's been a 2021. I can't say that it's been super great or anything like that, but it's definitely been a year. Um, so we will be back next year and uh, be doing more stuff to try to support people and give them agency and just be whatever we can be for people. So. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next year. <laughs>